There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Collective Soul rocks the third annual Let's Go Music Festival in Annapolis, Maryland this Friday night. I spoke with co-founder and rhythm guitarist Dean Rowland about the band's biggest hits from Shine to The World I Know to December. Hey, Dean Rowland of Collective Soul. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're talking because Collective Soul, one of my favorite bands from uh, back in the day when I was growing up. Your soundtrack of my life, man. <laughs> uh, you're coming to the Let's Go Music Fest in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, it's going to run three days, June 2nd and 4th. And man, I'm looking at the lineup like Friday is you guys and live. Uh, Saturday is 311 and Cold War Kids and Lit and a bunch of others. Sunday is some country guys, Chris Young and Kip Moore, big stars. Like, are you excited to play with all these famous acts? And how does it change your set list, too, you know, when you're like going on after all these guys? Well, it, it, it you know it can depending on the time you know how long of uh, a set time we have, and then also you know it can be a heavier you know we'll have to play more rock type songs sometimes depending on the vibe. Um, but the most fun part about playing these types of festivals, like normally we're out on the road doing our own shows. Um, when you do these festivals, you get to see your buddies that you haven't seen in a while, like the guys from Live or Lit or whoever it may be. Like it's. Um, that that's one of the perks of of our job. It's a big reunion of all your favorite. Bands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, very very cool, very cool. Uh, well, it's gonna be a good time. Um, and I assume you'll be playing a bunch of the hits, but also uh, we can get to them in a second if you want. But uh, let's tell everybody about the the latest album you have out of it. It's called Vibrating. Came out in twenty twenty two. Um, the big singles off it are All Our Pieces and Cut the Cord. Uh, do you want to tell mm -hmm. me uh, about recording them or the inspiration of those two? Uh, yeah, man. Well. We kind of decided to go back to recording the way we did uh, early on, like uh, get in a room and play, <laughs> kind of track it as, as live as possible. And uh, a song like Cut the Cord was was a product of that. Like we were in there and you know, just kind of getting an up-tempo kind of rock vibe going on. Um, and it's, it's so much fun that way because a lot of over the years, you know, you, you, you get, I don't want to say lazy, you just take different approaches, right? So, you know, you Everybody goes in one at a time and does their parts or even at, at certain points in time, we might not be in the same city, depending on what's going on, which is yeah. kind of insane to think about. So it, we just had a blast recording it, you know, and it was like, uh, you know, recorded it, you know, as, as much live as possible and keep that that vibe uh, and theme running through the record. Awesome. Awesome. Well, everyone's going to look forward to seeing the new songs and of course all the hits, but when, whenever I have anyone on, I always love to hear sort of your 
superhero rock band origin story. So <laughs> I want to, I know obviously you're, you and your brother, you know, brother Ed, what, you know, lead singer and your rhythm right. guitarist. Um, how did you guys, you know, where'd you grow? It was, it was uh, Georgia. You guys grew up, right? Like what'd you listen to growing up? Was it like a musical family? I want to know how you, you and Ed got into this thing. Yeah. So we, we grew up in Georgia. Um, we were born and raised in Atlanta. Um, and our father was a, he was a voice major in college. And went on to be like a minister of music. He went in later to become a Southern Baptist preacher. So started music was always around in our house. Our mother played piano in the church and her dad was the, the singer and then became the, the preacher. So we, we were surrounded by music. I didn't really, uh, I didn't really see it as a, an option. It was just part of the, the, the colors of the wall is what it was <laughs> my life. Um, <laughs> and as far as like influences in music, I, I, I'm a product of the early 80s. So it was NXS, U2, Police, uh, Cure, like a lot of that stuff early yeah. on. And then that was like my early development. And then you start working backwards. You're like, oh, if this is cool. What You know, who influenced them? And then you start going backwards and, you know, you get go back into, you know, wherever it takes you. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so that's sort of like your early roots. Uh, but how yeah. did you how did you meet the guys and actually form Collective Soul? I'm sure you told the story a million times, but for posterity, for our listeners, how'd you meet, you know, yeah. Will Turpin? And I guess it was, well, he was on well, bass and then Shane was on drums, Shane Evans and Ross Yeah, well, Trilogy. the short of it is we all grew up in a town. It was Atlanta, but it was a little, tiny little uh, town called Starbridge, 20 miles south of Atlanta. Um, and it was not a big city at all. It was like a little Mayberry-ish, if you know what I mean? Um, and Andy Griffith, baby. That show still, work. that still works, by the way. I still watch that show. Yeah, yeah there you go. That was, oh, it's, it's, it's a, a <laughs> classic. classic all-timer. Um, it, we essentially, we went to high school together. We just, we, we, I've known Will as long as I've known anything. Like, it, he literally grew up like four blocks down the street. His wife grew up literally across the street. So it was just a small town vibe. Uh, Will's father was uh, a musician and he played, he, he owned a studio, a small recording studio in uh, called Real to Real. And so our dad was like the, the church music dude and his dad was like the rock and roll music dude. So we kind of like married those two things Put up together. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. That's cool. Well, the first album, it was called Hints, Allegations, and Things Left Unsaid in 93. I know it was like an independent label, Rising Storm at first, and then it really blew up when Atlantic Records re-released it. I think it went like double platinum or something. Um, and of course, the big the big hit everyone remembers is is Shine. So um, uh, talk, memories of recording that. And also, you know, you're, you're saying, you know, you're saying your dad was like a Baptist preacher, went on to be. Was there was there any in the beginning where people wondering with, you know, the lyric, Heaven Let Your Light Shine Down, were they wondering? whether you were going to be a christian rock band you know you 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 kind of make the music that you're this part of your environment if, if we, we've always just been honest with ourselves and and it, those you know the words that we kind of grew up with you know ed being the son of a, a preacher you, you you know we're in church as a kid we were in church three times a week you know you're forced to read the bible and and, and the, the, that becomes part of your uh your verbiage and your language and your your metaphorical speak um and then, uh, yeah, but as, as far as, so his allegations was a collection, right? There was some, there were some band performed recorded songs on that thing. And there were probably over half, half or at least half were 
Ed demos that he did by himself, Shine being one. Ed played drums on that song. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, drum machine, by the way. Um, and, <laughs> you know, it, it, the intention of it was to get a record deal or even to get a, uh, a publishing deal or some version of it. The, our, our intention was not to release it to the public. And, <laughs> you know, it was like, we're going to go and, re you know, record our uh songs kept coming at that point you know we, we, we had more and more songs so we always kind of viewed it as like the second record the blue one the blue album with world i know and gel and december those songs that was recorded uh as a band and, and basically as we were touring for hence allegations when we have a day off wherever we were we would find a studio and go and that that record was recorded um kind of piece piece together while we're on the road and uh, that was like really the first band record. So Hits was more of a uh, really a demo type thing that that by happenstance turned into a commercial success. I love it. So that one, Hints was sort of like a glorified demo tape. And <laughs> it just ha exactly. it just happened to have an all-time banger of a song. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, literally, that opening I riff of to... Shine, do you remember how you, how you who, came, who came up with that? I mean, uh, I, 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 I literally was going to... Georgia State College, Will and I were going there and I had the demo and uh, I went, it was called Album 88, it's one of the better college rock stations in the in the country, if not the best in my opinion, but uh, <laughs> I, I literally went and knocked on the door, the door swung, you know, opened um, and I was just like, hey man, would you mind just checking this out and you know, whatever, We didn't, I didn't tell him a song to play, just check it, listen, had a contact info on there, the, the dude listened to it and uh, he liked Shine, and he played it. And it was like the old school days where yeah. they played it. A lot of people called in. Then he contacted us, and later he became a co-manager of our band. So it was a wow. little, yeah, some some crazy little synergistic stuff going on. It's so cool, crazy to think that knocking on a college radio station door, and then suddenly it's you know one of the VH1 greatest songs of the 90s or whatever. Yeah. Hey, before we move off on that, I want to get to the Blue Album, obviously, or my listeners will kill me, but while we're th I'm thinking about Shine, did you ever hear the, the Dolly Parton cover of it recently? I thought that was a cool take on it. Of Shine? Yeah, she did a cover oh, of Shine. Yeah, man. yeah, dude, that was a huge uh, really an honor, especially for Ed. I mean, a song that he wrote, that a, a songwriter of Dolly's statue, like that's that's cool. Very, oh, she's it was, one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Absolutely, and for her to to cover one of your songs is a that's a that's a big deal. She won a Grammy for that thing for that performance. So cool! It's still yeah. My wife and I heard it the other day. It pops on Pandora from time to time if we're on like yeah. a bluegrass station or something. Just come on! I'm like, whoa, uh, yeah. that's so cool. I'm Bradley Trainer and I'm Don McLean. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like this: A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Well, you mentioned, you know, this the second album is like was like your actual what you believe, like your first altogether, like really well produced, you know, second real album. Um, <laughs> it was self-titled, but a lot of the fans call it the Blue Album, obviously. Um 
I had my, I think my favorite song of yours, at least I think the catchiest, most singable, which is The World I Know. Do you know how, how did you come up with that? Did I read something that was like walking around New York City, looking around and this is The World I Know or where, where did it come from? Yeah, it was pretty, I mean, it was pretty self, we had been working on that song, uh, on that, that Hits Allegations tour. So it was like during sound checks, we would just kind of hash through parts and different ideas, you know, what, you know, what seed ideas we had and, uh, and around that time, I, I remember, yeah, we were in New York City. Literally, Ed wrote those lyrics all, almost autobiographical. How you said the word? Um, autobiographical. There you go. Autobiographical. Thank you. Appreciate it. I can't expect um, you to get everything right. You know, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, Drop yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, so it really is. It, it was one of those things. And it was like, I think with, you know, having struggled for so long and then success when it comes like that it, it happens fast and um and you're getting it from different directions and like go, going back to people trying to put you in a box and and define where you are and like are you a christian band are you guys because it was in that that time frame of like grunge music had had kind of had its heyday or we're still kind of having it or whatever and as much as we love those bands like we were that type of thing but we were being criticized for being like grunge light. And so you're, you're like, you're having to take all these shots. We're like, wait, wait, we just want to play music. We're, we're just doing the stuff that right. we like and being honest with ourselves. But, you know, and I think Ed was probably in a, in a self-reflective place of like, wow, is this what it, this is what it is. Okay. All right. All right, I guess this is the world I know. All right, I like it. But yeah, just make the music you want to make. Who cares? Um, exactly. One more on that album. I have to talk about December because, um, you know, everyone knows the line, you know, they'll, don't scream about it. Don't think about it. Turn your head. Now, baby, just spit me out. Um, is that, is that, it sort of sounds like it's, I think I read somewhere, it was like a struggle with your first manager or something. Like, I'm just going to, yeah. you just going to what? Wants me to spit out songs or something? Or what? what what's the vibe? Uh, I think it's just a, you know, it's a metaphor for, uh, being a disposable, you know, product for someone. Um, a lot of people take it as a sexual in, innuendo, but no, it's just a, uh, it's literally, I, I think it's just a metaphor for uh, a, you just being another disposable product for somebody who you're, you're doing all you can to, you know, participating and playing your role and, you know, and the other person's not really holding up there into the bargain. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, so in those, those two albums, like are the ones where you're like, people are discovering you and putting you on the map. So like going forward at that point, you, you know, you guys are household names. Everyone knows, everyone that listens to radio knows collective soul at that point. So what was it like then trying to do uh discipline breakdown in 97? I know that had precious declaration and listen, if I remember and then uh, dosage in 99 heavy was, was a really recognizable one. If people want to look it up. Um, what was it like kind of putting those together in the late nineties compared to those first two? Like what, was there any pressure? Was, was it a challenge or was, was, was it in a way easier because everyone knew who you were? <laughs> Yeah, on, on that the third record, this one breakdown. The challenge was we had ended the the managerial relationship, so we were stuck. Pardon me, we were stuck in the middle of a a lawsuit with that situation, and um, so like all our finances were frozen and that waiting for that stuff to be uh, worked out. So that's when we we went and base we locked ourselves in a log cabin and recorded a record there. And that, that record is, is that thing. And I think that it, uh, lyrically and, and musically, it, it kind of, it's a little darker record. And I think it just kind of represents where we were at the time. 
So, that's this. That's discipline breakdown. You're talking about. That's discipline breakdown. And, you know, we've always taken um, the approach of we don't. It's not external pressure that that we feel as much as just pressure we put on ourselves to yeah. to really put something we feel great about out. You know, it's we hold ourselves accountable to that. So, I mean, you definitely listen, and and hopefully people appreciate it, and you kind of take the good with the bad, not too highs or lows from the external perspective. But we, we hold ourselves to a pretty high standard. It's the self-perfectionism, basically. That yeah. Keeps you yeah, driving. That's, and put... <laughs> that's the painful, that's the painful chasing your tail one. Chase <laughs> the tail, perfectionist, and then you then comes the imposter syndrome, and then you think the thing you wrote the night before that was great, then you second guess it, and then you, and oh, you yeah. hopefully it works okay. out. It's a whole cycle of grief. <laughs> Absolutely. It totally uh, is. Awesome. Well, I you've been generous with the time. I'm not gonna make you go through every album. Yeah, I'm sure you're sitting there like, wow, we have like five more albums to go. It's gonna take forever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> No, no, I'll, I'll list them really quick. Blender, Youth, Afterwards, Collective Soul, self, second self-title. See what you started by continuing, Blood, and then of course now Vibrating. Uh, if, if maybe we'll maybe we'll look at it this way. Well, all that whole period is a long time. But like, let's say let's say some of our listeners only know your early stuff from those big radio hits. Like, um, which of the, which in this era would be tell them to like a good dropping in point? Like, hey, you, we have more music than just that. Like, do you have like a personal favorite that we should check out? Yeah. It's an interesting thing because each record for me has a has a, a personal perspective on it. Like if I'm thinking about the Rabbit record or afterwards, like I, I put myself in that place and where was I and was I in a good place or happy? And sometimes that, that really does reflect onto my perception of the music. Um, these last two, three records, like two you started, Blood, uh, Vibrating, have been some of the most fun records to record. And I I feel like it comes across in the in the music. Um, so I think those are a just fine place to, to hop in and, and see see what's going on. Because a lot of it is like us going back to our roots. Like I said, some of it was like the, the the way we recorded it, and a lot of it's like just you know just knowing where what our strengths are and having fun with that again. You know, playing rock riffs and. Um, just find, trying to find some some good, honest lyrics with a nice melody on top. You know, not not overthinking it. You know, awesome, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll hear some of that new stuff and all the the old hits. Uh, if we if people come out to the the Let's Go Music Fest in Annapolis, Maryland, uh, it's June second and fourth. You guys are playing that first night, the Friday with live, like we said. Um, yep. I guess sort of before before we close, like speak directly to our listeners. Like, hey, hey, DC, Maryland area, come on out and check us out. Hey, D.C., Maryland area. Steve from Collective Soul. Come see us. Come hang out. We'll have, have a lot of fun. Well, I had a lot of fun talking with you today, so thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, man. Thank you. You have All a right. good one. Be well. Bye. Cheers, you too. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.